Thank you so much, Miss Judy, for leading us in worship. There is nothing like the goodness of God. There is nothing like his presence in our life. There is nothing like worship of the one who gives us hope, who gives us strength, who gives us peace. This morning we're going to be in the book of Galatians in the New Testament. If you'd like to go ahead and start finding your way there, I trust you have a copy of God's word in front of you. For when we come to church, when we come to this time of a sermon, we want to get into the Word. Last week, I was preaching about the importance of God's Word and how we not only need to be a hearer, but also a doer of the Word. So today, we're in the book of Galatians, and it's one of the the really nice books in the scriptures that just really hit home to us. Today, I want to begin by asking you a question. It has to do with, have you ever been doing right and then all of a sudden it seemed like you failed? You were going in the right direction, doing the right thing, and something happened and you took a step back. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes I have issues uh, in my life where I have been working and I have been doing everything I could to be a good child of God, to be that person who is following after Christ and trying to do the right things and it seemed like something would happen and I'd take a step back. I'd struggle. Sometimes, Daniel, it was just because the environment I was in. I'd be around some people who would... Who would influence me to do something I shouldn't? I remember one time, Abram, when I was young, I had a cousin. My side of the selves are not necessarily nice. I had a cousin that convinced me it was a good idea to go to our next door neighbor and destroy his tractor. And that still haunts me that I did that. Because of pressure from someone, I was a young man that was going to church that would be in church every Sunday. That, I don't remember if it was right before I announced my calling to preach or not, but I still think about what I did to our neighbor's tractor. I busted the, the lights. We ripped out wires. That was terrible. I'm just confessing right now. That was a horrible thing to do. I'm not perfect, but there again, it was because of some people I was around that influenced me to take another direction from what I knew what was right. And we find ourselves in, in that condition sometimes, don't we? We find ourselves in a struggle and battle to do what we know God wants us to do, but yet we wind up doing the very thing we don't want to do. You know what's interesting, though, is I'm not alone. Paul the Apostle even said, the things that I don't want to do, I wind up doing. And the very things I want to do, I don't do it. It's because Paul understands the same struggle you and I have. We both have this struggle between the flesh and the spirit. So let's get into this a little bit today as we're going to talk about the growing deeper through the Spirit of God through the Holy Spirit and how that works out, how that fleshes out in our life from Galatians chapter 5. 
As we look at Galatians chapter 5, I just want to read this morning the entire section, verses 16 through 26, so that we have a context and idea of exactly what it is that we're going to be looking at. Verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, And things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit, we're going to come back to that word, it's important, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, many of us have read this, is, you can say it with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning... We are getting into your word and we are getting into an area that the enemy does not want us to discuss. For as long as he can keep us ignorant, as long as he can keep us struggling and to realize not to be able to see the truth of the real battle, then we'll be ineffective for God on this earth. So, Lord, right now, penetrate our hearts and our minds, and may your Spirit be the one that delivers the message. Father, open our hearts and minds to receive a word from you today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. This morning, I want us to look at our walk because our walk is important in this Christian life and in our everyday life and how we live and what we do particularly as we're following Christ, as we're trying to live in a way that we can please Jesus. And I want us to look at the very first thing that we need to grab hold of and not let go of. And that is that we have a choice. We have a choice to choose between walking by the Spirit and walking by the flesh. Now, I want you to notice something very interesting here in verses 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, notice it does not say that we will not have the desires of the flesh. Do you see that? It doesn't say that the desires of the flesh will disappear and go away. What it says is we will not carry out the desires of the flesh, which we have to completely grab the understanding that this is a choice we are going to need to make. There is going to be a desire of the flesh that's going to be part of our life, and we must choose which one we're going to follow. See, the propensity to sin is called the flesh. 
in Scripture, the flesh refers to that part of us, that's the, that natural side that we inherited from Adam when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that we are given to the nature, the nature of sin. We will naturally gravitate to sin. That is why I stand and declare to you today that people are not naturally good. People cannot just be good enough to get into heaven because we are naturally sinners because of our flesh. But we have a choice to make. We have been contaminated by sin. Some people, it's really obvious that they've been contaminated by sin. Somebody say, oh, uh, amen. Now, somebody say, oh, me. <laughs> Because some people, it's obvious they've been contaminated by sin. Then there's others that's a little more dangerous. They live with the camouflage that they're good, that they're all right. They will even be the ones that will show up at church. They'll be the ones that will listen to a pastor. But yet, down deep inside, there's no Spirit of God. They live in a camouflage, in this idea, this, this world that things are all okay. But when it comes to this battle that's going on, the flesh can't help but be fleshy. The nature of sin can't help but create sin in our life. And so we have a magnet that draws us toward that, something that pulls us toward that. It is all about pleasure, isn't it? It's going to be the things that's going to make us happy, make us feel good, that's going to give us that joy that we need, that, that idea of getting excited, you know, something that's just going to make us smile. It's that pleasure of sin that is part of our nature. But the thing is, the Scripture says right here, verse 16 and 17, let's read it. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. See, there is a flesh side that has something that it wants to do that's going to please us. And then there is a spirit side that we want to follow that will do that will please God that we'll find pleasure out of. And both of those are working in opposition to each other. That's why the second thing is, is we have a battle to fight. It does not matter how old you are, how young you are, where you are economically or culturally. It doesn't matter what your background is in church or without church. There is a battle that we are engaged in to fight. It's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. It is a slippery slope. It is waxed with oil, if you will, in which we are trying to stay on top of this thing. And we can very easily fall into one of two things. Number one, we can just slip on the slope and fall into sin. And we'll just give in to the flesh and to the pleasures of sin. The other way that this slippery slope works is we can slip and fall right into religion. Listen now, church. Listen. This isn't simply about, oh, I've been doing okay. I've not been falling into sin so much, so this message isn't about me. But how about this? Maybe the slippery slope for you has been the religion. Putting on the camouflage. Doing all the right things right and, the, and staying away from the wrong things. You're, you're living your life thinking that I am conquering the flesh and I am going to be the victorious one. 
because I'm doing what the Bible says for me to do. Now, some of you are, are, are pushing back right now, I, I imagine, because you've grown up with this idea that it's all about the do's and the don'ts and doing what God said and not doing what, he's, what He tells us not to. I agree with you on that. But here's the issue. The enemy wants us to think it's all about the list of the do's and don'ts. He wants us to think that if you're slipping into sin, just grab a hold of the do nots. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. He's wanting you to grab a hold of these do nots. And, and in doing that, you enslave yourself in a way that Jesus never intended. Because if we're walking by the Spirit, then there is a battle that is happening within our flesh to take us to a place either of sin or of religion based on a list and a task of do and don't. Because that's how we respond. I mean, for those of you in this room with me right now, how many of you just like to fix the stuff yourself? You like to go, there's a problem? Sign me up. I'm going to do something about it. Hey, notice who, who raised their hand first, Paul. I raised my hand first because, man, if there's an issue, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to try to come at it in different angles. My dad taught me there's always more than one way to skin a cat. I tried to explain that this week to someone who is Hispanic, and I didn't know if they would even get it, but he understood it. Because there's always more than one way to accomplish something, and you look at it in different ways. So I'm geared and wired that way. I want to try to find a solution to any problem. There's got to be different ways to look at it, because I like to be in charge. I like to be the one that says, uh-huh, I took care of it. See, I really am a man. But we have to be careful of that. See, the slippery slope, many try it their way to say, I'm going to fix it. I can beat my body into submission. I can do the right things and not do the wrong things. And I can, I can conquer the flesh having control over me. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. That is not what this scripture is telling us to do. We are to walk by the hard work of self-discipline. Is that what it says, Abram? That is not what the Word of God says. It says to walk by the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. See, the problem is with religion is we get it backwards. We think that if we can just do good enough, if we can just do the right stuff, then God will be pleased with us and I'll be blessed by God. When God has said, I've already taken care of that, you already have the victory, stop trying. Walk within me, walk within the Spirit, and these other things will come in to submission in your life. See, you can't use what is wrong with you to make you right. So if you continue to try to use your flesh and your, your mind and, 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 and your abilities, you're using what's wrong with you to try to fix the things that's wrong with you. Let me tell you what's right with you. The Holy Spirit is because it's called holy for a reason. It's complete. It is absolutely without fault. It is, it is without blemish. It is the Holy Spirit. So that's where we have to rely on and step into and lean on. You cannot. Some people are going to have a problem with what I'm about to say. I'm just going to say it anyway, okay? You cannot make yourself a better person. 
but God can. You can try and think, I am just going to make myself a better person. I mean, I like to read books that helps me with atomic habits, Tim. You know, we're reading that book together. And it helps me in some ways, and I, I am improving. But I don't become a better person simply by reading a book. It's when I submit to the Holy Spirit and walk in the Holy Spirit that I become a better person. Because at that point, I'm becoming more like Jesus Christ. That is what this scripture is about. The flesh is living under our own power and ability. Our flesh is within our own control. And it is when we take that flesh that's in opposition of the Spirit and, and within our own control and say, You know what, flesh? You're going to sit right here because I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to surrender to God. But let's go on just a little bit because... This is a struggle. This is hard. This is a battle. But not only do we have a choice to make and a battle to fight, but we have a victory that we can walk in. There is a victory that we can walk in because we're not the one who's already fought the battle. We think we have to fight the battle because the battle's never been fought for us, but Jesus has already fought the battle. The battle has not only been fought, but it has been won by Jesus Christ Himself. And because of that... We can walk in that victory. To walk according to the flesh is to walk as a dead man. Did you hear me? To walk in the flesh is to walk as a dead man. Because we are dead to sin. We have read here in the scriptures. Look at verse 24 with me. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. But yet we will stand and say as Christians that we cannot overcome our passions and desires. But the word of God says they have been crucified with Christ. So which is right? Our mind and our flesh that has a problem, or Christ who has fought the battle and won. The Word of God declares to us that there is a victory that we walk in. And that victory has been paid by Jesus Christ. And we can continue to walk in that. See, allowing the Spirit to be the governing principle of our life and what we say and what we do is what defines living by the Spirit. When we try to dictate what we say and what we do, and it's based on our flesh, I'm going to be the first to tell you, you're going to make a mistake. The next words out of your mouth when you're walking by the flesh may be words that you will regret. But when you're walking by the Spirit, you can stand with a confidence to know these words are not from me. These words are from God Himself. So today, as we look at this, we have to keep in mind this battle that's raging, the choice that we have, and that it's not just simply that we have to be the ones to even fight the battle, but we can walk in the victory of that battle that is being fought. I want to give you this. This is a word that God gave me last night that I want to share with you. Here's the word. That which you feed will grow the strongest. In fact, say this with me. That which you feed will grow the strongest. Say this with me. That which you feed will grow the strongest. Larry, toss those up here for me. I love Larry Stewart. He believes in sucking up to the boss. 
<laughs> and I love that about him. Even though it doesn't any good because I just love the man, whether he does or not. But he often will give me what I have right here in my hand. Every week, he will give, he'll come into my office and hand me a pack of Reese's peanut butter cups. Now, I want you to imagine just for a moment, if every day of my life, for every single meal, I'd get me a pack of Reese's. Daniel, you're liking this, aren't you? You, you get out a Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-mm. I'll tell you right now, that's good. Mm-hmm. Would you like a bite? Oh, I'm sorry, coronavirus. You can't touch my Reese's. Mm-mm-mm. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> my, my son's back there going, I want one, I want one. What do you think is going to happen if for breakfast all I have is Reese's peanut butter cups? What do you think is going to happen if for lunch, Abram, I had Reese's peanut butter cups? Boy, I would enjoy them, I'm telling you right now. What do you think is going to happen, Paul, if for supper I have Reese's peanut butter cups? <laughs> I will definitely wind up being the heaviest pastor ever because what I'm feeding is going to grow the strongest. It's going to show. It's going to begin to, to take form on the outside of my body. Hey, I like Oreo cookies as well. What if I eat a pack of Oreo cookies with my Reese's peanut butter cups at every single meal with a big glass of milk? Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> but if... If I fed myself like that, all of you would look at me and go, Pastor, you got a problem. You need to get a support group. <laughs> you need to get some help. Because number one, you're going to become diabetic. And two, you're going to blow up and you're going to have to buy all kinds of new clothes and you're probably going to have a heart attack, right? You would be able to recognize that I am feeding something within me that's not healthy because it begins to grow. I am here to declare to you again that which you feed will grow the strongest. So if you feed the flesh, guess what's going to grow the strongest? The flesh. If you feed the spirit, guess what's going to grow stronger? The spirit. Because we've already seen in scripture this isn't about the flesh is going to completely disappear and go away. We've got to get to a place where the flesh is just a little chihuahua just barking at the heels of our feet. And think of the Spirit as a great Dane, one of those great big huge St. Bernards or something. We have to feed the Spirit so that it will grow to be so strong the flesh doesn't have a chance. See, that's what this is about. This isn't about doing, doing, doing. Don't do, don't do, don't do. This is about walking in the Spirit and feeding the Spirit and following the Spirit more than it is about the do's and don'ts. See, we've gotten it backwards in our life, haven't we? If only I can discipline my body, if I could fast enough, pray enough, read enough, go to church enough, if I can watch my language enough, if I can just be careful in who I talk about and how I talk about them, if I could just watch my attitude at work, then I'd be okay. Let me reverse that for a second. 
just admit you got problems. And go to God and say, help me walk in the Holy Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit take care of those problems. Because that can happen. Because the Holy Spirit's real. The Holy Spirit's going to work and do things in you that you've never imagined. Because remember, the slippery slope wants you to slip into sin or slip into religion. Slip into that place where, what's the use? I can't do it anyway. I'm not strong enough. Or slip into that place where you're just going to follow a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's why here in verse 18, in verse 18 it says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know what the law is? A whole bunch of do's and don'ts. It's the religion. So this scripture is addressing both religion and sin when it comes to the flesh. Some people think religion, religion is good. Some people think religion is bad. Let me tell you what's the best. A absolute committed relationship with Jesus Christ where the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That's what truly matters. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we have the Holy Spirit living within us, we can walk in victory. That battle and struggle is not at the same level. So let's talk about the real walk. The real walk that we are to walk as believers. Walking in the Spirit. Catch this. You're going to like this. Write it down. Walking in the Spirit is walking under the power and authority of God. Not your power and authority. Not your ideas and your logic and your thinking, but God's power and authority. Let me ask you something. Would you rather be under your power or His power? Your authority or His authority? His by all means. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. God's power supersedes anything that comes our way. Sometimes we forget the power of God. We forget about the resurrection power. We forget about the power of sin as it works in our life through the flesh. But Jesus is the one with all authority and all power. And He chooses to use us. See, Charles Spurgeon said it this way, The power of the Holy Spirit is your bulwark, and all His omnipotence defends you. The power of the Spirit is our power and our might. See, you're not as powerful as you thought you are. You're not as capable as you thought you are. But when you have the Holy Spirit, there's no stopping you. Because it is the Spirit by which you walk and you move forward with. See, there is, there's only two, vo- two viewpoints on this matter. Or on any matter. Take any matter in your life, there's only two viewpoints to it. Whatever issues are going on right now within you or around you or in your life, there's only two viewpoints. God's viewpoint and then the wrong viewpoint. There's God's view, and then the other view is just not right. So we have to work when we're walking in the Spirit to discover God's viewpoint on whatever we're dealing with and how we are living our life. God's viewpoint must become number one in our discovery. The second thing is is that we need to decide to respond like Jesus. When we're walking in victory and when we, when we are walking in what Christ has already done, as it says that we have already been crucified, our, our flesh has been crucified, its pleasures and its desires, we 
When we do that, we discover God's viewpoint on our situation, then we decide, I'm going to do it like Jesus. You know, years ago, there was the WWJD, what would Jesus do? I'm going to change that just a little bit. Whatever that is, just do it. Just do what Jesus would do. Don't just sit and wonder, just do it. Do as Jesus would do. And if you're walking in the Spirit, can I tell you something? You won't have to ask the question so much. Because the nature of the Spirit will be rising up so strong within you, your natural idea and response is going to be that of the, what? Flesh or Spirit? Spirit's the strongest. It's going to be that of the Spirit. Now, we may make some mistakes, but I can guarantee you, as we are walking in the Spirit, God will be working to do great things in our life. There is a civil war going on right now. There is a civil war going on within us. It is that of the flesh and that of the spirit. And Scripture said today that they are in opposition to one another. Now, some people love football, some don't. But I'm going to use football just for a moment. Man, I love football. My son plays football. He's excited about playing. Daniel plays for the University of Georgia. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing him on the field. But whenever Daniel steps out there on that field to play, he doesn't play defense and offense at the very same moment. They will put him on defense or they'll put him on offense. And I promise you that if he's on defense and they're playing another team and that other team is on offense... Daniel's not going, well, guys, let's just get along. Come on, guys, let's, let's just be nice to one another. When that ball is snapped, there is two sides that are in opposition. One wants to stop them, the other one's trying to get through. There is an opposition that is taking place. And that is the same thing that's going on within us. There is an opposition. There is the flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another at every moment. And every move. The question though is, is which one are you feeding to be the strongest? Which one is it that's going to rise up? Which one is going to be able to stand the opposition? Is it the flesh? If you keep feeding the flesh, we know it's going to be the strongest. But if we feed the Spirit, then the Spirit will rise up and be the strongest. Here's one thing I want you to get. And that is that the Spirit is greater than, here's a math equation for all you math people, the Spirit is greater than the flesh. Whether you feed it and make it that or not, you need to understand going in that the Spirit's greater than, than the flesh. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. The Holy Spirit, has, uh, the Holy Spirit was there when Jesus was in the tomb and Jesus was raised from the dead through the Holy Spirit. And see, that is what we hold on to, to know the Spirit is greater than the flesh. And we can walk in that victory. But what are we feeding to be the strongest? Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. We know that verse. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So that tells me right now the Spirit is greater than the flesh. And it also tells me that we can walk in the power and authority and victory of God Almighty. But yet we walk around in defeat, don't we? Shame on us. May we be reminded today through this scripture, the flesh does not have to have control. 
Walking in the Spirit. Discover what God says about an issue. Do what Jesus would do. And third, you're going to call on the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's the walking in the Spirit. You're going to be calling on the Holy Spirit to help you accomplish that which God has directed that Christ's character would be revealed and you need the Holy Spirit to help you pull it, pull it off. So what must I do? What must we do? How do we take what is here in Scripture that we need to walk by the Spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh? How do we take this and make it real in our life? Well, number one, believe the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than my toughest struggle. I don't know what your toughest struggle is with the flesh. For some people, it's pride. Other people, it may be some of the things listed here in this list. The flesh will declare, I can fix it. The flesh will, will, will say, I can do better. But let me tell you what the Spirit has said. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has said to you, I will empower you to do better. The Holy Spirit will say, I already have it won. Our choice is we have to believe that the, the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than whatever that flesh struggle is in our life right now. And we must feed that Spirit. Second thing is this, we need to intentionally involve God in every area of our life. Intentionally involve God in every area of our life. Let me tell you what's a shame. To, to really be spiritually focused on Sunday morning, and then Monday is the last thing you think about. That's not walking by the Spirit. You can't have it both ways. Just like when a football player steps on a football field, they can't play offense and defense at the same time. They either do defense or they do offense. We cannot do both at the same time. You either walk in the flesh or walk in the Spirit. So we have to intentionally involve God in every area of our life, all areas don't leave him out because when you leave the Holy Spirit out of one area, you're feeding the flesh and letting it get big. You got me? So we must intentionally involve God in all areas of our life. The more determined you are to make things better, the worse they're going to become. Some of you have experienced that. The harder you try, the worse it gets. May I suggest to you that it may not be you trying, but it's the Spirit taking over. That's the main thing. So I want us to just look very quickly at verses 19 through 21, because I said I'm going to get back to that word inherit. Now the deeds of the flesh, deeds, underline that, deeds, the actions, those deeds of the flesh are, and it's broken down into three things here. Sexual, superstitious, and social. There are three things that's contained within this list of, of, of problems with the flesh and deeds of the flesh that is a result of the flesh being very strong. But he closes it up here, and he says that there are even more. Verse 21, Envying drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you. I've told you before. Don't you just hate it when somebody says, I told you so? 
Just like I have forewarned you that those who practice such things, understand the word practice, draw a circle around that. That means they, you, they're continually doing it. They're, it's not just, oops, I made a mistake. It is something that you are doing it over and over. Practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, Pastor, does that mean that if, 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 if I create strife or if I'm jealous or I have an outburst of anger, does that mean that I'm not going to heaven? That's not what it says. Let me clarify. There's a big difference between entering into heaven and inheriting. This is why I want to explain this as a difference. When you inherit something, what do you reap? Benefits from that inheritance. I was given a car that my dad had when he passed away. It is a stick shift, manual transmission. My mom looked at me and said, son, I cannot drive that car. Do you want it? I said, yes, I'll take it. My car's tore up. I would love to have that car. And so, I could have just left it sitting at my mom's house. Taking the keys, even though it was an inheritance, if I had turned and walked away from that which was given to me and chose to do my own thing, I never would have benefited from the inheritance. But yet, I had the key in my pocket. I drove it this morning. I am benefiting from the inheritance. See, those who, who will not inherit the kingdom of God, because I'm going to show you context in a second. It just simply means that we're not benefiting from that which God has already given to us through His victory. If we practice, if we feed the flesh, we will not benefit the, from what that is that comes through the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? It's an inheritance benefiting from that which God has already given us. Here's the context. When you look at the, the fruit of the Spirit, no, notice that the deeds of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit, two different things, deeds and fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit, is it only talking about heaven and eternal life? It's talking about right now, right? So the context is the fruit of the Spirit talks about our life right now. Nobody would argue with me about that. So if that is in the context of now, why is it that Paul would be writing about something when you get through the gates of heaven. The context is within this idea that we can inherit the glories and the victories of God in our life when we walk spiritually unless we're feeding the flesh. We don't get that access because it gets blocked by these deeds that we keep practicing. The fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about fruit. Fruit does not work to make itself fruit. It is a result of a tree or a vine. It is an outpouring of that which is, it, it is attached to that nourishes it. And that fruit comes forth. And that fruit is always beneficial for someone or something. So we can look at this and understand that walking by the Spirit, we intentionally involve God in every area of our life. We have to be careful not to let the practice of these things keep us from inheriting that benefit that we receive by having the Holy Spirit. The last one is this. We need to live to please God and not man. We have to live to please God and not man. That includes ourselves. If we walk by the flesh, there's a pleasure that comes in doing what we want. If we walk by the flesh, there's a pleasure that comes from doing what other people want and we gain their acceptance. How about we just do what God wants? 
I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, if we please Him, does it matter whom we displease? Or A.W. Tozer, I claim the holy right to disappoint men in order to avoid disappointing God. Let me tell you, it is possible to be saved and walk in the flesh. It is possible to be saved, born again, a follower of Christ, and walk in the flesh. If it was not possible... Paul would not have had to write about it to to the Galatian church. So today as we come to this, you can be born again and have Christ, have the Holy Spirit living within you and not be walking in the Spirit. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, in other words, we are reborn by the Spirit, we have life because of the Spirit, we're no longer dead. If We live by the Spirit. Let us also walk by the Spirit. Are you tired of trying? Are you tired of just trying to make things better? Are you tired of trying to improve things? Well, let me declare to you today. Stop trying. God has a plan that is greater than your plan. As Gina comes to play, I want to ask you this. When is the last time God did something supernatural in your life? When is the last time that God delivered you from something? When is the last time God moved in such a way that it changed your mind and your heart and you began to see things, think, and move forward differently? If we keep trying to do it on our own, we will fail. But with the Holy Spirit, we can do great things. Here's your challenge over the next seven days. Your seven-day challenge. The next seven days. I triple-double-dog dare you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, guide me to feed the Spirit and starve the flesh today. Every day over the next seven days, ask the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can talk directly to the Holy Spirit. You know, it's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three are one. Holy Spirit, guide me to feed the Spirit today and starve the flesh. Because we have to decide which one are we going to feed. Which one's going to be bigger? Are we going to walk in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to make the changes? Or are we going to keep walking in the flesh and try to change it ourselves? Let me remind you to find God's viewpoint. Do what Jesus would do and call upon the Holy Spirit to help you do just that. I am going to say this. That if you are totally clueless to the struggle that I've been talking about today, if you're not sure what in the world that I'm referring to, you haven't really experienced that that pull, that the toughness of that battle. May I suggest to you, you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because the Spirit works in contradiction to the flesh, and the flesh 
in contradiction to the Spirit. They are in, opposed to one another. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, the opposition is not there. So if you can do wrong and live wrong and do things and it don't bother you, oh, how I pray you'll listen to, the, to what I'm about to say. You need Jesus. You don't need Jesus to fix stuff. You need Jesus. Just Jesus. You don't need Jesus to make your life better, to fix your family. You need Jesus. So right now, if you do not know Him, will you ask Him to forgive you and take over your life? It's that simple. To have the Holy Spirit living within you, you must admit, I've messed up. Forgive me and take over my life. And the Holy Spirit will come and dwell within us. And then you can walk by the Spirit. Will you pray with me, Father? This morning, we come to you knowing that without Jesus Christ, we could do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, we would continue to be dominated by the flesh, living in the flesh. But since we know Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, we can walk in a brand new way. Right now, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, will you make that decision right now? Ask Him to forgive you and take over your life right now. Accept Jesus. Raise your hand. Do what is necessary to receive Him into your life. Stop trying. Stop trying to make things better and just receive the gift that's already been given. For those who have already accepted Christ, will you today, will you renew yourself to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh? Not in religion and not in sin, but by the Holy Spirit. Renew yourself right now. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, to lead us. So that we can grow deeper with you. Because without the Spirit leading and guiding us and walking by the Spirit, we'll never grow any deeper. Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to contact us at all, you can call the church office. You can email me. You can fill out the form today. If you've made a decision, if you need to talk more about today's decision or about today's message, get in touch with me. Happy Memorial Day to all of you, but, but no, don't, don't go anywhere quite yet. I just want to say good morning to some people. The Banks family who joined us online, I'm glad that you were part of us today. Brett and, Brent and Laura, uh, Caleb, it's so good to have you as part of our service. Even though you're not in this room, you will be in just a few weeks. Thank you all for being part of today's service. Uh, there's many others, the Falazos. Thank you. Uh, so faithful to be part of worshiping with us. Buddy and Lisa. Jack and Sharon, thank y'all for being in the room today.
with us and just joining us in, in here. So we are excited to see these people continually joining us online and in person. In just a, a couple of weeks, we'll all be able to be in here together. I'm looking forward to this, uh, everybody being here. So remember, June the 14th, we're all going to be together in this room worshiping God. And y'all better hold on. There is no telling what in the world may go on to that, that, that Sunday because we're going to be so excited to be back together. I may not be able to preach because all of you will just be talking. Talk, 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 talk. And that's okay because you've missed each other. That's why we encourage you to come at 1030. Be here by 1030 that day so you can talk, 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 talk and see how everybody is doing. So thank you so very much for being here. Uh, remember, you can still continue to give over the next several weeks. You can do that through, through mailing in a check or doing it online or through texting. Thank you so much for being part of our service today. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you again real soon.